Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from Scripture will inspire and encourage you. We begin a new series focused on the people mentioned in Hebrews 11, commonly known as the Hall of Faith. These biblical characters are an example of how to live our life in a healthy, productive, and faithful manner. We begin the series by exploring how the Bible defines faith. The ultimate joy of any human is to please God, and Scripture itself says that one pathway for pleasing God is to exercise our faith. So today we're starting a new series, um, The Hall of Faith, which is all about Hebrews chapter 11. The Hall of Faith, what we're going to do is get examples of how to live this life that we've learned about in, uh, uh, in the book of Hebrews. It's in this outline that there's a better priest and a better king. We've got a better priest with a better sacrifice and a better covenant. And we've got a better uh, king or a better son with a better um, administration and a better world. And uh, Jesus is, is inviting us to participate in these two better ministries, the better priest with the better sacrifice and a better covenant, by having the covenant written on our hearts, living this life from the inside out, and actually entering the Holy of Holies that's in heaven by faith to have our hearts sprinkled and having our conscience cleared so that we can do good works. And in doing so, have a priestly function as we live in the world in a way to show God to the world. And he's invited us to begin our participation in this better administration and in a better world by actually living kingdom principles and bringing Christ into the world through our lives. And in doing so, preparing ourselves to also get this reward of being sons. And we've said that the way we participate in this better priest and better king administration and the way we accept this invitation is by uh, the word mixed with faith. Hearing what God has to say and believing it and doing it. That's, that's the way we actually participate. Well, what does this look like? Well, that's what the chapter 11 is going to give us. It's going to give us this hall of faith with examples from the scripture of what it looks like to live this Hebrews type life. If you think in terms of a triangle, and you have on one, one corner of the triangle I have me, and another corner of the triangle I have humanity, and another corner of the triangle I have God, then I think we can take this uh, basic perspective to look at the three main points of Hebrews chapter 11, which we'll work with for now unless a, a better uh, uh, perspective uh, arises as we go through. So we've got me, humanity, God, and uh, I have my actions and the way I think about things for myself. Uh, what pleases me, all of us will, in all things, uh, orient ourselves towards what pleases us. Uh, I, I occasionally will talk to people that claim they do not. I don't believe that. I think we're made that way to, to focus on what pleases us. And even God says, you know, I, I get, take great pleasure in this or that, or I don't take pleasure in this or that. It's the way we operate. The, the key thing is whether we have a true perspective 
and a, uh, an eternal perspective or where we have a very temporal perspective. We have humanity, so I've got me on one corner, I've got humanity, I've got all the people around me, all of you and all the people I interact with on a daily basis. And you have a perspective about me, I have a perspective about you, and we influence one another. Remember what, what I think about you or what you think about me, it matters. When someone expresses an opinion about you, it's hard not to pay attention to that opinion, isn't it? Well, this is a part of our lives of whether we're pleased or not. We, whether we're pleased about our own behavior will we'll be affected by whether other pe- what other people think about that. And then we have God. And God is looking. And God is watching. And God has an opinion about all this as well. The question in Hebrews 11 is, are we going to include God in our calculation of what pleases us what pleases others, and what pleases God. Are we going to leave him out, or are we going to include him? It turns out that the way we get our greatest pleasure is by pleasing God. The way we ultimately get the best uh, opinion from others is to please God, even though on a temporal basis it may not always seem that way. The primary component of poverty is a time frame. Uh, We've spent a lot of time in Africa, uh, in the equatorial Africa, southeastern Africa, and the first time I visited Africa, I was absolutely astonished because I expected it to be a poor place. I've never seen such a wealthy place. I was just flabbergasted. Uh, Volcanic soil. I I, I visited... uh, the guy that drove us around, I visited his home. He had a fence. He had just taken these cane poles and just put them in the ground. They started growing. I mean, they're less like fishing pole type stuff. Just started. He had a fence that was alive. He had this, uh, you know, eight foot tall mango tree. And I said, "Wow, what a cool mango tree! How long did you go? Did you plant it? Oh, about eighteen months ago. It was just not, it was it was unfathomable how productive this place was. Gold and minerals and." oil and gas and these giant rivers that you could go transport on uh, that didn't need air conditioning or heating. The weather is just about perfect year-round. It's just darn near a paradise there. But they don't have any money. And there's almost no development. And uh, I came to start understanding why when they told me a story about the government that was trying to encourage development. And so they brought uh, they would buy people chickens and let me give you 30 chickens so you could start an egg producing business. And they would come back to check on the egg producing business and inevitably they found that the business was closed because the people had eaten all the chickens. And the mentality is why have eggs tomorrow when we can eat the chickens today? We see the same kind of thing in payday loans. There, I'm sure there's, of course, the occasional emergency where people genuinely need cash. Uh, based on my understanding, I've never actually had a payday loan, but uh, based on my understanding, most people come into these payday loans and it's basically just, I can have the money today instead of waiting till Friday. And it's just a time frame differential. Uh, dr- drug addiction is kind of this way. 
I will enjoy this today. The effects tomorrow, I'll worry about tomorrow. Well, that's, that's a big part of what we're going to talk about here. Of we're gonna, uh, What kind of perspective are we going to have? Are we going to have a poverty perspective where we basically just look at today? Are we going to be payday loan people? Or do we want to be wealthy people? That, that's, that's a big part of what Hebrews chapter 11 is about. So, pleasing me, pleasing humanity, pleasing God. Are we going to live a transcendent life or a temporal life? And, and how are we going to live this uh, better king, better priest sort of uh, existence? Well, let's look at Hebrews 11 now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're going to live this better priest, better king life with the word mixed with faith. So if we're going to do that, we've got to understand what faith is. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance means you've got it. It's in hand. It's tangible. Hoped for means you don't have it. It's something that's yet to come. So how can you have something in hand that's yet to come? How can you do that? You can believe it. That's, this is what faith is. It's, it's having the substance even though it's yet to come. That's what faith is. It's the evidence of things not seen. The example I like to use is a courtroom where I bring up my you know, paper and say, I want to enter this into evidence as exhibit A. And the judge will say, enter it into evidence. Except in this case, I don't have anything in my hands. And I say, I would like to enter this into evidence. And what would the judge say? You don't have anything. Uh, yes, but this is evidence of things not seen. Now what's he going to say? You're crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a sense in which faith is kind of crazy. Because it's not operating on things we can touch and see. That's sort of the point. You've got to believe in things you can't see. And that's going to come into play over and over again. Verse 2, For by it, faith, the elders, that's who we're going to be talking about here, those who have gone before us, obtained a good testimony. And we've gone through this briefly in previous uh, session, and I think uh, this word testimony we talked about, does anybody remember what the Greek word is here? Testimony? Martyrio, yeah, it's this, uh, it's this uh, martyr word, the word from which we get martyr. And it means witness, a witness. By faith, the elders obtained a good witness. That's how they came to be the kind of people that we want to... Uh, emulate is because of their faith so faith is things that are coming later not today not payday loan but the reward in the future faith is things believing for things we can't actually see going back to our triangle can we see me and my pleasures can I see those things are they tangible pretty tangible aren't they can I see all of you and get direct effect of when you praise me or criticize me? It's pretty tangible, right? I get a real emotional impact from that. Can I see God? 
cannot see God, right? So you see the point here? If we're going to have a focus on pleasing God, we have to, we have to have as tangible that which we cannot see. If we're going to have something focused on a tangible of evidence that we can't see and and a reward that we can't yet hold as though it's substantive, we have to have faith. That's where we get this good witness. Now, what kind of witness are we going to have? If we have a witness, if we have a faith walk witness, who will that witness be to? Who will see it? God will see it. And who else? Those around us will see it. One more person will see it. We will. We'll see it. There's our triangle. Okay? I'll see it. I'll know it. You'll all know it. God will know it. You'll you'll make a judgment that may or may not be true about my witness. God will know. Because as we learned in chapter 4, He judges the intents of the heart. So faith is the basis of a good testimony. Verse 3, By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things that were visible, that are visible. This is a real interesting comment here. We've got to believe God who we can't see. But is there ample evidence that God's there? It's pretty clear, isn't it? Uh, This is an interesting uh, precursor to atomic physics here that he's talking about. The things that are made are made out of things we can't see. We're told that we have more space in our bodies than we have tangible stuff. And we should be able just to walk right through each other based on how much space there is between all these atoms and stuff. That's what we're told. Do they know? They don't really know. Their models keep changing. What they said when I was in college is different than what they say now because they keep learning more. The more they learn, the less they know. I saw a TED talk the other day, and it said that they now believe that 95% of what, of what we can see, 95% of what is, we can't see. Like what we can see is only 5% of what is. That's why they're building these super colliders. They're looking for particles that will prove that what we can't see is actually there. It's kind of interesting, huh? Supposedly, when I touch Terry here, uh, I'm not actually touching her. It's just that we have these uh, particles of positive and negative charges that are interacting with each other, but they don't actually touch. At least that's that's what the scientists say. Well... There's ample evidence that there's real stuff here. I could say, well, because of that, I don't really believe I'm here. Or I don't believe you're here. Sometimes we might wish that was true. But, but there's ample evidence that there's stuff we can't see in operation. I can see Wally there. I'm pretty sure there's something going on inside all, all of him, and there's all these particles and stuff, but I can't really see that, but I can see the evidence that while he's there, there's ample evidence God's there, but we can't actually see God. It still takes faith. What's visible, 
is coming about because of something that's invisible. And that's, what, that's how God has set things up. So if we're going to participate in this greater priest and greater king with the word mixed with faith, we've got to understand what faith is. And faith is when we act on that which we cannot see and we, we respond on a reward basis to something that's just as tangible as if we have it, even though it's far out in the distance. Verse 4, our first example. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness, martyreo, that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, what he brought to this sacrifice. And through it, he being dead, still speaks. The witness speaks. Who is Abel speaking to? He's speaking to us. How is he speaking to us? Through the word of God. The triangle has a feedback loop. And we see this uh, multiple places in Scripture. We see a clause like, I will confess you before my Father. To me, that would be one of the neatest things to have happen. Uh, I want to tell my dad all about what you did for me. Come on up here, I want to tell him all about it. Don't you love it when somebody comes and says, come here, come here, come here, I want to tell my friend all this great, neat stuff you did. And here you got it before the king of the universe. Well, God likes to tell about people he likes. And he's telling about Cain, and it's still witnessing to us. This is the way it works. We witness to other people. And when, when our witness to God pleases God, it has impact. One of the rewards in uh, Revelation is, I'll put a pillar in the temple to commemorate your life. Now you go and you know, go to some famous place or whatever, a monument, you see statues of people. You can walk through the capital of the United States. You know, each state just gets two statues. And so there's only 100 people in the, in the uh, national capital representing all the states. And for the most part, you go through, you have no idea who these people are. I mean, they're, they're the most famous two people from that state, and you don't even know who they are. But it's not going to be that way in the new earth. We're going to know who they are. And we have the opportunity for God to testify. And the basis on which He's going to do that is whether we live this life of faith. This teaching will continue in the following episode. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.